0: This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Aikido Fresno's head instructor, Christopher Hine, and with me today is...
1: Joshua TD, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno.
2: And Maya Salana McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido Fresno.
0: All right. okay, hopefully we sound awesome. Better. Hopefully Uh, we sound better. Yeah, we sound
2: better. Listenable, listenable. Listenable. Aikido wizards coming to you. Projecting our voices into your brain, mountain into your brain. Hopefully,
1: we won't. You won't have to uh, adjust volumes. Yeah. So, so throughout the podcast, uh,
0: the the sound quality has been really crappy. Trash. Um, yeah. Literal trash. Literal trash. trash. Um, and the reason for that is one, we can't hear ourselves until now. So now we have a soundboard. So. Uh, everybody can hear what they sound like which is fantastic so sometimes uh people will be too loud or too quiet and right. they don't we know won't even know that they're too loud or too quiet and then uh <laughs> now
2: we have no excuse right
0: <laughs> and then also uh when we bought the new mic so we bought some new equipment but two of the new mics we bought had really shitty diaphragms in them and so you would get that that little it would go out sound little mm. um, his, little so something. so now we have a soundboard and we have three professional mics uh we have four professional mics and uh so I think everything is going to sound
1: good. So it should sound that. good if it doesn't. I don't know. We might just have to give up and call it a day. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> next episode, this is the last episode of our this podcast. This is we realized. Due to us failing <laughs> If anyone miserably. wants to buy some equipment, we have some for sale.
1: <laughs> That's not really gonna. Happen. So what are we talking about?
2: Uh, uh, we're talking about basics. Your, your it was your idea. Yeah, your, it was your your, my uh, idea.
1: You're right. So I saw a photograph. Um, an Aikido photograph. It was just a real simple photograph, and it was um, someone teaching. It was just you know, hey, the basics, and it was someone doing kata doi do i henko, I guess. And uh, I thought to myself, what a great idea for a podcast uh, talking about the basics of Aikido, because I think anyone who studied for any length of time understands like something about the basics and I put that in quotes or the things that you're gonna study, you know, all the time, especially at the beginning. And I remember when I first started it was um katate henko all the time. Um, both Kyo, uh, Kihon and Kino Nagare. Uh Kokunage all the time. And then uh, it kinda went with, on. With, like yeah then. we in class with Swariwaza Rio Toro. Uh, oh yeah, real Rio Tedo uh Kokiho. Um, and then, you know, rolls and, and all that kind of stuff.
2: So if you want a mouthful, it's <laughs> what <So laughs> Um, anyway,
1: so it occurred to me that it might make a cool podcast to talk about, you know, what we personally think about the basics and what should be included in the basics, the foundation, what you should be doing all the time. So you can get really good at the stuff that you need to be good at.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky subject because, um, it uh, depends on how you're studying Aikido. You know, if you, the basics that are emphasized at whatever school you study at um, are the basics of that school. So, meaning, you know, if you want to understand the basics of the school, then at that specific school, you've got to study what they call the basics. Um, but I think there are some uh, inherent things that all Aikido people should look at as the basics, um, uh, regardless of of any stylistic differences. You know, like there are mm-hmm. some some core ideas that we should be practicing that are the fundamental ideas of Aikido. Right.
1: So, and I think you know w- we have a certain setup in our school um, where we talk about, especially with the kids. You know, we're talking about there's three sort of sections of Aikido, uh, broad categories of things that we study, um, and then within those, I guess there would be some basics. So you know, we have the Tai sabaki, the body organizational stuff, how we use our body, Kumiyuchi techniques. And Aiki, and then within those, there's basics that you should be studying uh, within each of those things. And I personally think it's a really good way to look at it, um, because you get a very broad understanding of like the entirety of what we're doing with Tai Sabaki. You're learning mm-hmm. how are we going to move to do the things that we need to do. Kumiuchi, you're looking at what are what are the techniques that will help us achieve those things. And then the Aiki obviously um, is the obvious, but. Um. So, but maybe let's start with Chris. What what you see as sort of the the fundamentals, the things that everyone should be doing um, from the minute they step on the mat.
0: Yeah. Let's uh. Let's kind of hit what you said. Um. Again, which is uh. So we break Aikido down into four categories. Really. Uh. One of those categories is those Rinshu, like how you train. The other three categories. So the the three core categories are uh, Taisabaki, Aiki, and Kumiuchi. Um. And I kind of think. That's the way you should be approaching the stuff as well. So, um, Iki is the core of what the system's about, uh, and those things are uh, the subcategories for that. Are uh, Kokoro, um, how you understand your conscious and unconscious mind and how they relate to each other. Uh, Kimasubi, how you energetically react with another or act with another, um, and uh, Wase, which is how you actually physically blend with that energetic. Uh, Interaction, right? So, energetic interaction like I read their intent, I understand what they want, uh, and here's what I want, and here's how those things would jive. And then the awase is the the actual physical uh, manifestation of that. So, uh, that's what we look at as the core of Aikido training. Ideally, you would be really good at that. And if you were really good at that, then um, you could be good at Aikido. Um, But in order to to start to do Aiki, you have to first have some taisabaki, and taisabaki just means body organization. There's three subcategories to tai sabaki as well, uh, which is ashi sabaki, footwork, so how you move yourself around. Uh, so that's any kind of stance, so that's hanmi, um, and uh, any kind of movement of your body. Um, and that's just you moving, uh, so it's different than tai no hinko, which is you moving in relation to another person. Um, ashi sabaki is just how you move yourself. Uh, then you have uh, Ukimi. so Ukimi means how you receive a force. And so, a lot of times people will shorthand ukimi and say that ukimi means falling, but that's not correct. Uh, it's falling if it overwhelms you, um, but it's not falling if it doesn't overwhelm you. So, it could be how you channel energy, um, how you move with energy, how you do all kinds of other things, but ukimi is how to receive a force. And then uh, koki ryoku, which is how to make force. So, um, uh, making force is you know, how I align myself to do that. Uh, And then in that, you know, there's uh, like Haragi, which is the concept of keeping your hands in front of your center and and making your whole body work in one piece. Um, uh, And so it's like belly power, how you make yourself uh, work from your core. Um, And then like nami ryoku, how you make force like a wave. Um, There's there's all kinds of things. But basically, the student of Aikido has to learn those things first because if they don't learn those things first, then they can't do Aiki because they can't use their body efficiently.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and what's interesting is, at least sort of when I started, it wasn't 100% this way, but I think for a lot of people, um, it's like you they, you get thrown into doing a technique and then expected to understand how to make the technique uh, work. Uh, you're learning the those principles from inside the technique while you're doing the technique, if that makes sense. Um, instead of, Separating, learn the principles so that when you start learning the technique, you're already doing the things correctly. Right.
2: It's and like learning things. how to ride a bike with like, like on a busy street next to cars. You know, it's like you're there's 20 million things to pay attention to, and you know it's just too much. You know, a kid would be freaked out if they were learning how to ride a bike with a car whizzing past. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, you don't you don't yeah. teach someone to
0: drive a car and get them on the freeway the first day, right? You know, yeah. Like, yeah, there's take, too many things. There's
2: t- it's you take that stuff out and you go. Here's the basic. Let's just focus on. This simple.
0: Stuff. I mean, you know, like when you look at the forms, I think a lot of Aikido schools kind of look at the forms as the basics um, right. or kind of the whole practice in lots of ways. But and and they are and they are the basics and they are the whole practice. But the, the problem with that is it's hard for the individual student to sort out what they need when. Right. And so it's like, you know, it's like Maya was saying, you know, like trying to, to do something super complicated when you're first learning. Um, and, you know, honestly, in Aikido, you're first learning for the first few years. Um, and and the reason for that's not because the material's so hard, but it's because the way of approaching problems is really different in Aikido than it is in other other martial arts. You know the the number one goal is not to get someone else. The number one goal is just to make sure you're okay. And I think that takes a long time for people to kind of get through till they get what that means. You
2: know? Well, and I think a lot of Aikido is spent uh, unlearning whatever weird shit, mm-hmm. like, including your ideas about what quote unquote fighting is, but also just weird physical stuff. And the kind of people that Aikido attracts is definitely the kind of people that need to spend time working on how they move their own bodies. Right. You know? Um, so I'm sure that accounts for that as well. You see this
1: a little more, or I feel like in, uh, the weapons training because weapons training, it's mostly forms. Um, and so, um, you, there are a lot of movements within that those forms um, that you're learning on the fly. Uh, thrusting movements, different things. If you can pull all those individual movements out, and, and we, you sort of see this in the stability, but um, if you can learn those movements, then when you go to do the form, you can actually do the form yep. correctly and begin working on the things inside the form that you need to be working on. Uh, ma'ai, uh, uh, Masubi awase, right? So you don't have to just be like, well, how do I hold a sword and not hit someone in the head when right. I swing this down? Right, 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 right. Um, and so I think it's the same way within the, within, uh, the, uh, the unarmed uh, uh, pieces of it as well, which is like, if I understand how to move my body and the things that I'm supposed to do, when it comes time to actually start doing the forms and seeing it kind of more in... Um, in context in practice i can actually work on the things that i need to work on instead of working on uh how do how i move my body correctly right yeah. um, because it seems like a lot of time i feel like there a lot of time is wasted not I, and i don't want to say wasted because no time is wasting if you're training and you're, you're progressing but and you're um, having a good time i mean that's what you it know, can so be streamlined i think in such a way that you know by the time people are learning get to the point where they're actually doing and learning techniques. Um, it'll come quick because they already know where how stuff is supposed to set up, where there's where they want to position their body, where they want to position their hands, how they want to be moving those sorts of things.
2: I think too though like people end up training harder things a little earlier than they probably should just because they are there to have a good time and it can get boring you know studying the basics especially if um especially if you're training the basics the same way every time you go to class like yeah because not everyone spends a lot of time focusing on how can I make this drill real interesting or how can I shake it up you know and so people get into those patterns and so like coming to class every time I'm sure would get really boring if you just are doing the same you know five footwork drills you know for the entirety of, of, of basics class you know so I feel like um, if you're not having that variety, then an easy way to add variety is to do something harder that maybe is out of the l- learner's range, you know, right. but that's a way to make it more interesting. So yeah.
0: I mean, what I think you should probably do is you should add live practices. So uh, yeah. when I see the sort students starting to get bored and and, you know, this comes no matter what. I mean, even comes with awesome students who are really focused that like at a certain point. Um, they've done that thing a million times and they can't see how they can do it any better. Like they can't see, you yep. know, they're going over the drill and going over the drill, but they can't see what, what the need for that is beyond the level they've already right. achieved. So if you throw them into some Jiawaza and some Rondori and some Kaishiwaza, then they kind of start to go, oh, oh, I suck at this. You know, my feet move badly here. And then when you have the dumbed down practice, they can go, oh, okay, I need to spend more time at this slower rate getting good at that thing.
2: I think that's a lot of that, like, as a teacher reading people thing, you know, where you go like, all right, what are people, like, are people pretty bored of this now? Okay, we need to move on to something else and then come back to this so that, and having that ability to balance your classes and keep it interesting for people so that they can learn in such a way that they're building on those things and and re-realizing what they need to work on when it comes to basics.
0: When when we were pre-gaming, I think Josh said something that was really good, which is, uh, Uh, You know, understanding how Aikido breaks down is important because then you can see that there are fundamentals for each one of those layers. You know, so, so for example, if you're talking about uh, Aiki, though, there's fundamentals to Kokoro, there's fundamentals to Kimasubi, there's fundamentals to Owase. um, And then, you know, you can't really work on those fundamentals until you've got the fundamentals of Tai Sabaki and the fundamentals of uh, Kokiryoku and the fundamentals of Ukemi. And, uh, And then, you know, if your I key starts failing, so if your I is not working out for you, then you need to understand the, the fundamentals of uh, the kyo and the nagewaza and the say waza and you know, like so all this stuff stacks. And so um, understanding that like you're you're always going to be working fundamentals. That's the practice. Yeah. Um, but understanding what fundamentals you need need when and why is what's really important, you know?
2: And I think that's a fundamental in itself is like starting on the path to understanding that sooner. <laughs> What? (laughs) No, I mean, yeah.
1: It's just a funny way. of. Well,
2: like I think like you see it a lot of schools like it's just this is just what we do. You know, the answer is this is what we do. And like that may be true. It is just what we do. But like being able to have students that can answer why will play right back into that ability to um, put those fundamentals to use in a quote unquote live situation more quickly because they know what those things are for so
1: let's talk about this so uh in a lot or I, at least in our school when i started and i and i think maybe this is you got it from your teacher but i could be wrong uh katate dori tanohenko um murote dori kokinage so ryote the koki kokiho why those techniques and what are the what are the basics that you're getting out of that because it's more than just the technique right like each of those things i i think there's a reason that those are taught as basics because you're getting a lot of really good stuff out of them what's the stuff that we're getting out of them or or in your mind why are those the, the techniques that are sort of put out there as like core
0: you know when when i first started training those were definitely uh, the things that every class had to have, you know, every class had to have, Katatadori Taniniko Sotomori, marotidori Kokinage, and Suori Wasurutadori to Finish. And I remember, you know, when I very first started, it's like, oh, yeah, we do those because we do those. Um, and, uh, and then, like, the, I don't know, maybe they're going to give me magic powers. I don't know why. And uh, <laughs> and then um at, when I first started here he <clears throat> when I first started teaching I also just taught those you know like because that's what we do you know so any Wama person oh yeah that's how we do class every class we have those you know and uh, I had heard that Ueshibo when he was teaching any Wama dojo that's always the way he he had set up classes um and then when I started kind of getting into my own groove of teaching I started to really question why we did those techniques so much and at first I didn't understand why. Um, and now I, I think I have a really good idea why. And we still don't – we don't start every class with those. Uh, we don't do them a True. lot like that. Yeah. We do do tai no hinko every class. Just, um, yeah. And that's really important, but we don't do katatari tai no hinko uh, so much. You know? oh, and katatari and no hinko is usually split up into kihon and kino nagare. So meaning we would do it static where they just grab your wrist and you do it, and then we do it in motion. motion. Yeah. And, um, and that was actually like when I started to really understand a lot of what was going on with Aikido – uh, understanding the difference between Katatari Tanohiko Kihon and Kino Nagare is what started making things roll for me because realizing that, you know, if they had you, you know, and so like in the Iwama school, it's like they grab you and you, you're going to turn outside and you're going to be so good at it that it doesn't matter how strong they are. You, you're going to get around it, you know, um, and I remember thinking, yeah, I, I got a really good one for a while there and big buff guys would come and try and hold me and they couldn't hold me, you know, and I was like, oh, this is really awesome. And I remember one day I was thinking about it. I was like, if I put my arm in a vice on a bench. Right. And I tried to Taino Hinko. Would I rip the, right. the, the device off the right, bench? Right, right. Right. And, and, you know, I was like, you know, I, I wouldn't. Um, and and I was like, well, well, so so why wouldn't I, right? And I was like, well, wait, because there's a limit, you know. Right, there's just right. a human limit. And it's like when you when you're when you're seeing yourself do this to progressively and progressively bigger people, you start to kind of maybe get this idea that it's like, you know, it is magic. No maybe it's like subconsciously, stop, hey. yeah, like that's what you think, you know. And so then I started realizing I was like, well, you know, I've still only dealt with regular people. Right. You know, if I dealt with like the world's strongest man, right. he probably would just hold me there. You know, like I probably couldn't. And so then that's what made me start thinking about, oh, that's why there's a Kino Nagare. Because if it's Kino Nagare, it doesn't matter if he's the strongest man in the universe. If he can't get my hand, right. if I'm turning in motion, then he won't be able to stop me no matter how strong he is, right? Like that, that vice bench um, won't be able to get to my hand before right. I'm turning, right? You know? So, so there's, there's no way they could stop me. And so that's what made me start uh, thinking about this. But what's great about it, and, and I think this is a real good hallmark of the Uwama system, is it teaches you Haragi really well. It teaches you to keep your hand right in front of your center, and if you don't keep your hand in front of your center, you cannot deal with those bigger and stronger people. The fallacy of that is no one's really explaining that, and so because no one's really explaining that, people do think maybe they can rip a bench vice off or – you know what I mean? Like I don't know what crazy ideas people have. I had some crazy ideas, but – um uh, so so that's why that technique is really important. And in addition to that, when you tack it on with the Taino Hinko, not only are you learning Haragi, but you're getting the concept of Sotomawari, like how to roll to the outside, which is, you know, really key. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, depending on the style of Aikido you're looking at, um, they emphasize different Taino Hinko more, but, um, Sotamori and Irimi to enter in behind and to turn beside, uh, are super common to Aikido practice. And so doing that practice really does a lot of great things for you all in one shot. And so it, to get a beginner and, y- you know, if you don't really know like how to work with this person on a one-on-one level, you know, so as you get better at a teacher, you can look at a student and go like, Oh, you need this. You need right, this. Right, you right. don't need this. You don't need this. Um, but with a brand new students, like I'll make them do that a bunch and they're going to get good at that. Right. And that's a good, good place to start. The, um. Uh, uh, so Murotiori Kokinage really enforces this concept of Haragi again because you have to keep your hand in front of your center while you do it. It also uh, teaches us how to unbalance someone by getting underneath them, which is really useful. And when you do a kokinage, really successful, you're learning how to throw someone in a way that doesn't require a lot of force on your part. right? Mm -hmm. So you're learning kazushi, you're learning how to work with them, and you're practicing haragi all in one shot. So it's really nice. And also, if you look at it, the two most important tai no hinko probably being sotamori and irimi. With the Dori, you're doing the sotamori, and with the Dori, you're doing the 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 irimi. So when you stick those two guys together, you're working a ton on Haragi, which is good. And especially if you're looking at like the Uwama system, or being really strong and able to to work with people who are grabbing you as hard as possible. Um, that's a great thing. You know, super important. And then you're also getting the two most important Taino Hinko in those two practices. When you look at Suwariwa's Ryo Tidori Kokiho, you're again, just reinforcing those things. You get more Haragi, which is super useful. You're also again, practicing the ability to get under them, but now in not as physical of a way, right? So like with Uh, Maroitheru or you can bend your knees and get real low. With Sawadiwaza, you can no longer bend your knees and get real low. You're as low as you get, but you learn how to move your body under them and kind of push them up, right? And you're learning to work through their grip, um, which is really useful. You know, so you're learning
1: that uh, the connection between yeah, absolutely, absolutely, uh, physically from on a a physical level, but that connection and being able to feel how your body can affect their body. 100%. 100%. what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: um, so, a great one, I think. so I really think those are a great three exercises. I, I've got nothing bad to say about them. We don't practice them as much because I feel like I break them down more. And so we work all those things in individual in chunks ways, more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we do do Taino Hinko every class because Taino Hinko is the core of Aikido. You know, like if you were going to ask me like the three most important things of Aikido. I was. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, might have... um, I would might say, have you know, up. uh, uh, Taino Hinko is super key, and Taino Hinko, people need to not look at it as something crazy. Taino Hinko is simple. It's position variation, um, and that's pretty much what it translates to, too. Uh, I am, I'm changing my position to them. So relative to them, I'm changing to a position that makes their life harder and my life easier. Now, if they want to... Um, fix that position variation. They have to move. Keeping them in motion is what I want. Because remember, we're ideally dealing with—well, not ideally—but in Aikido, we're looking at situations where we are dealing with someone stronger than us, and so because of that, we can't—we can't confront them straight on. We need to catch them in motion. So tai no hinko means one of two things: either they are at a weak angle, which means I can easily apply Omote techniques—techniques techniques to drive them away—or they have to follow me, which means now I can uh, work with that motion and get Kazushi through Urawaza, you know. Um, so, so that's Taino Hinko super key to, to understanding Aikido. If you don't understand Taino Hinko, it's really impossible to get an idea of Aikido. Um, then ma you have to understand distancing and you have to be able to quickly sum, sum up what's happening with distance. And as this becomes multiple attackers, it becomes more and more important because I have to judge which guy's faster, which guy's doing what, which guy's going to, you know, wear out, all kinds of stuff I have to judge. Um, just by looking at them with, you know, my stereoscopic vision, you know, like humans are awesome. Like that's why we got that stereoscopic vision, but um, I have to be able to make a lot of judgments about that. So, so understanding Ma'ai um, is really, really key. Um, if you get, uh, Taino Hinko had a very position and Ma'ai, uh, you're working with, you know, Ninety percent of of what Aikido yeah. is, you know, I would say that's the the real core stuff. And, and then the other side of that is uh, being able to get Kokyu. Uh, and Kokyu is uh, the way we translate in the school is simply um, a, an ability to be natural and ready, to be calm and ready. And so that's you know that's a big part of mastering uh, Kokoro, right? So like you know, can I use Fudo Shin? Can I use Shoshin? Can I use Mushin? Can, can I use... just
1: not freak out right? when two people are rushing that's at me it. at top speeds? Uh, can I not just look at them and you know get Flip bold, out, yeah.
0: So uh, if you have um, uh once you have kokyu then you know, you're know you really looking at what's the distance between us and can I make that to my advantage? And then positionally, can I make that to my advantage?
1: What's interesting with that is in those three things, n- you did not mention any techniques. No. <laughs> you know, ikkyo, nikkyo, zankkyo, throws. Um, so look, techniques are
0: techniques are techniques. Um uh, so one of the students at the dojo, he, uh, so we, we roll, you know, we do, um, ground grappling, um, in the self-defense classes. And, uh, so we do, you know, about 20 minutes of that, um, every class in the beginning. And so everyone loves it, you know, super great. Really everyone fun. thinks it has, uh, has a lot of fun with it yeah. and it's great. And it's great to, you know, go, you know, essentially as hard as you can go, if you want, however hard you want yeah, to go, right. um, for that duration, uh, and wrestling. And one of the students has been watching a lot of Brazilian jiu jitsu videos and, uh, it's funny because, you know, he'll, he'll try something he saw in a video and they'll be like, that doesn't work, you know? Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. And like, I think he's saying this with this funny thing kind of in his mind too, which is like, well, you know, the guy who's showing you that technique, they've practiced it a bunch. And so they're good at it. So right. it does work for them in right. a competitive situation, but it's not yet for you, you know, like, and I mean, anyone who's rolled for any length of time, you know, they realize this, you know, and he does too. He's, he's making a joke about it, but, um, the truth is, you know, if you look right now at what's popular in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it's like the Brazilian technique method, you know, which is like, I'm going to learn, you know, a million kinds of guards and a million kinds of escapes from guards and a million kinds of, you know, and I've
2: got my mental notebook. Of oh, yeah. Thousands I'm gonna, of pages. I'm go of, through all this stuff, you know, yeah.
0: and, and the way I feel like I learned Jiu Jitsu was this really basic method, which was like, here's the general concept achieve the concept right. in the way in which is best it's for your best body at this you. time against that person, right? Yep. And so, um, so um you know, it, it's like, you know, I kind of started learning in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, you know, mastery of a bunch of techniques is not, not at all what you want. You want to understand your goal and how to achieve your goal. Um, so can Ikkyo help you achieve your goal? Yes, but like, is mastery of Ikkyo essential to Getting your goal, no, and even right. with the kyo waza that's as important as ikyo, I mean, I think definitely ikyo should be the first kyo waza because it does so much. Uh, uh ikyo gives amazing. you, yeah. oh, yeah, you can unbalance with it, you can suppress with it, um, you can throw with it, you can control with it, you can disarm with it, you can clear your weapon hand with it. I mean, you can do a ton of stuff with ikyo, but even as important as it is, it's not nearly as important as understanding distancing understanding position variation and not losing your shit when someone comes to attack you you know like those those three yep. things are super right. important
2: it all goes out the window if it, you can't right. hold if on to you, yourself
0: 100 it does 100 <laughs> percent.
1: and also you know if you understand the distancing and you understand position change you you, you don't you won't need the EQ. like yep. it just it won't be there you know when we do a lot of times when we do our our um it looks kind of dumb because there's no techniques that uh, uh, happen. Yeah. Uh, and the reason that there's not a lot of techniques is because we understand the distancing and the position changes. So there's not a lot of techniques that arise because the technique is a failure of your aiky. It's a failure of your distancing. It's a failure, you know. Right. Um. And it, and so that stuff is good to know, but definitely, it's a later date. Yes, for thing, sure. You know, I mean, it's important it's, to know. It's your um. I've been studying for a year, two years, whatever. Um, Now I need to know what's the, you know, if I do get caught, what's what's going on.
2: Well, that's the thing is it's it's a, those techniques come in after you failed and failed and failed. And now they're grabbing you and, you know, like it's, you lost the distance. You lost the timing. You know, it's, uh uh-oh, now we got to do something else. And that's like how it should, it should be learned in that same order, which is, you know, techniques are down the, the failure line, so yes. why would you start at the failure, you know?
0: It's it's also horribly dangerous to look at starting at the failure, you know, so like, uh, for example, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a system I love. It's fantastic. Uh, I've competed in it. I've done it for a long time. I really like it. It's a great system. Um, the the problem with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is it looks at things from the failure point already. You're already on right. the ground right. With someone on top of you. You know, that's mostly what it's looking at. And so uh, let me put a caveat in here. Uh-huh. Otherwise, Tim Cartmel would be really uh-huh. mad at me. Um, traditional Brazilian Jiu Jitsu has a lot of stand up stuff too. Um, and that's like, you know, the self defense techniques. Right, but right. what is practiced in the modern day as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? What people know as right, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Is, is basically the sportified form, which is, you know, you how do I get ground, good at yeah. grappling on the ground? And so most schools, you know, if you go, that's what you're gonna get good at is grappling on the ground. And that's awesome because when you need it, you'll be fantastic at it. And that's great. But wouldn't it be nicer to solve that stuff before you were on the ground? And so there's the big problem with all jujitsu is all jujitsu is grappling oriented. And so because it's grappling oriented, we've already got to have someone holding us. And this is a problem that a lot of Aikido people get into is they wait for someone to grab them so they can, quote unquote, do Aikido to the person. That's stupid. You should be doing quote-unquote doing Aikido the second that you realize there's a problem right like the second in someone's head they're like oh maybe I want to attack you and this is alluded to all the time in stories about Ueshiba always like oh you know one time I thought something bad about Sensei and he looked at me you know or (laughs) Sensei said oh don't try that no this is no bullshit like you'll see it yeah there's (laughs) lots of stories where like you know Shioda will be like oh yeah one time I thought uh, about you know hitting Ueshiba in the back of the head and Ueshiba looked at me and says don't try that Shioda you know like um and so so it's like This is what is key to Aikido, is that ability to understand a problem early, to see conflict early, and start solving it early. Now, at the end of that is grappling stuff, where it's like, oh, I'm stuck and it sucks. And when you are there, you need to know that stuff. But if we could never get there, that would be even better. So in my opinion, it would be better to be better at that stuff that involves not grappling.
2: Well, and that whole, like, um, come grab my hand, grab my hand so I can do the thing, um, I don't think any of our new students have that. They don't. They don't, and it's amazing, because yeah. I think, I mean, because I didn't start with the way that we're teaching it now, uh, in fact, I didn't even start with you as a teacher, like, I still have some of that, and, like, I'm still trying to l- leave it behind, yep. Yep. you know?
1: It took me a long time to get and, rid of that crowd. And
2: I think that that's most Aikido people, is there?
1: You can see it. I mean, you can yeah. see it clearly when, and I mean, in the demonstration, that's that's what they're showing, and it's because they're showing in demonstrations, they're showing... The technique, so they have to set it up that way, right? Right. right. Um, but what they're not showing is is everything that would lead up to that point where right. um, that thing is happening, which is like you fucked up, right? And you know, got yourself backed into a corner, or um, you know, got yourself trapped between three people, or whatever. Right. And this is the only thing that you can do, uh, not the only, but this is the proper thing that you can do to to, to get out of that. So, um, so
2: if you were doing a setting up an Aikido demonstration, would you start it from, oh, everyone's hanging out, we're having a good time, we're having, we're talking, and then oh, now uh-oh. something's happening, oh, someone's mad, I mean, that's now they're kinda, attacking me, you know, like start it a lot earlier. I mean, in that,
1: you know, that's kind of the the shitty thing about it is that like the kind of stuff that we're talking about, and this is why I think it's hard to explain. It's hard to see. It's hard to show because if you show it, um. In its natural context, it doesn't look like anything. Yeah, right, you know, right. so it's like ah, he's just running away from those guys. That's what it would look like. There would be like four guys on a on a mat, and one dude just like running away, and then and that would be it. And who you know, no right, one wants right. to. You <laughs> it, would watch it. And you would go, what is this? A game of tag? But <laughs> let me tell you, I've seen they have that adult tag. Have you seen oh, that's this pretty thing? awesome? Stuff. And it, it looks is way awesome. Cool. And yeah. to me, that is way cooler. Than any like aikido stuff it's like this dude being able to judge when someone's coming and you know juge them out of the way and
0: well i mean it is uh, aikido stuff. i mean like you know that's well, right what those I'm guys are doing right like, yeah but i know what you're saying like from the yeah, techniques yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and see that's it gets confusing when we start talking about it because it's like you know what is aikido uh, so in my opinion aikido is clearly not japanese jiu-jitsu i mean you know is it related sure is japanese jiu-jitsu a part of aikido sure but Aikido is not Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. That's why it's not just another style of Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. And, and you know, for a little while, I kind of thought that too. I was like, oh, you know, it's just Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. And that's because I was learning Japanese. I was understanding what Japanese Jiu-Jitsu sure. was. Um But then it's like, oh, no, it's looking at a different skill set that Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is not. And that's a cool
1: skill set. It's a good skill set to work. So uh, Tanohenko, mm-hmm. uh, distancing, mm-hmm. uh, and, and koku. Mm-hmm. Uh how? What are how? How can people train those things? I mean, they, I know they can go can. to
0: their local Aikido school and practice those things. Um, <laughs> so, smart ass. well, I mean,
1: I just what? Are, what are you? I mean, looking for? So, let's say you're at, you're at a school because uh, and they do, let's say you know kata uh, or any other techniques. How can you work on those things within maybe the context of what's already being taught?
0: Yeah. So. Uh, you know the goal is uh, with each of those things is to understand. You know, so so the safest way to deal with someone is to distance them. You know, so so you can uh, parry, you can cover, you can distance. Uh, distance is the safest. Uh, meaning, so if someone's gonna attack you, how do I distance them? That's your my eye. So when you're in a regular or dojo and you're doing Giowaza, for example, I mean, when you're doing a technique, you can't really work on uh, ma'ai. It's not the time to work on that. You know, as I'm speaking of it right now. Not that there isn't a ma'ai for that, but it's but it's a different one. thing. Um, so so you know when you're working Giowaza and someone's approaching you, start moving bef- right when they start to get comfortable to grab you. Right. So like when they go to grab you then move. So don't let them grab you. Let them think they're going to grab you and then move. And then watch what happens to the body. Their body dynamics will begin to change and you'll see a moment where they're probably a little off balance. Now that imbalance will be solved two ways by them. Either A, they'll stop. Now if they stop, we have a tendency as Aikido practitioners to go, Ooh, we failed. But now think about real life. If someone stopped attacking you all of a sudden, is that a failure or a success? A success. You know, you, that's a success.
2: walk away. Right. But or, you want to, quote
0: know. unquote, do Aikido to someone. Right. So if they stop, you go, oh, I screwed up uh-oh, because Uke's uh-oh. not coming right. after me right. anymore. Right.
2: There was a question about this on a discussion group, an Aikido discussion group the other day. Oh. Well, was it? There you go. It was just it was to that effect, which was like, you know, you are uh, doing a jiu-waza of some sort and you have two attackers and and one just straight up like stops. You know, and just like you know, wants to like wants to fight. That's you know, wants fantastic. to. Like, muscle, That's the best know? moment ever. Right, right. Right. And okay. Cool. Right. You right. want exactly to stop. Right. Your Bye, job's you to walk that, away from that. Them,
0: right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so you know, if you think Aikido is about getting someone, um, I mean, so maybe your Aikido is about it. I think Aikido overall, we're talking about not getting someone. You know, getting someone like yeah, I about, hit him, throw right. him, him yeah. just smash him, hold him down, whatever. I don't think Aikido is about that. So if the other guy's no longer attacking you. You don't have to right. do anything about right. that. You can just walk away from that guy, not attacking you. That's that's exactly and that's what, what you, you want. have to do, right?
1: And you know, in those like that, is a difficult thing to deal with in uh, in that situation if you don't understand what's happening, right? Because
0: you got to get in there and aikido right. them somehow. You know, you got um, to,
1: got to do something. If you just move away, and yep. Eventually, that person standing there will realize, like, oh, what am I doing, just standing here? He he's over the, you know, just. Walk away, far away, Right, and you will see eventually the person will say, oh, I have to go get them. Right, right. They'll be reminded of what their
0: right. role is right. in this. That's thing. exactly right. And so you know, so that's uh, picking a good time to, to increase the distance. And so they're going to have a shocked response. They're going to play that out in one of two ways. They're going to stop, which is good for you. Don't feel bad. Uh, or they're going to be unbalanced and still coming for you, when they're unbalanced and still coming for you, that's where technique might play out. Now, do you need to do technique? No, unless you're stuck and you can't do anything else, right? So, you know, like when when you say uh, it's it's such a contrived thing because so, so when you say, you know, it, it, if you're doing Aikido right and you're showing that, it doesn't look like anything because it looks like one guy trying to get away from other people and that is what it looks like. But they can box you in corners. They can position themselves in ways that you can't just walk away from them. And in those moments is where you may have to apply right. technique. That's where kumiuchi starts to come in because it's like, I can't get out of this corner. You've walked me into a corner. So when you they're starting to walk you into a corner, you're looking for those moments where they're inherently unbalanced, right? And so that's the distancing. And that's how you play with distancing um, in a Waza setting um, for the, the – um, Taino Hinko, it's exactly the same thing, right? So Taino Hinko is is basically what so so all your movements should be taino hinko meaning i'm varying my position in a favorable way for me over them right so you know if there's something to to walk the, in front of them you know so if i can move myself so there's a table between you and me that's badass taino hinko right i've positioned myself in a good position um but generally when we're we're talking about the the movements of taino hinko what's happened is they've compromised the distance right so they've they've gotten in inside of that that ideal distance and so now i have to move in an efficient Quick way that puts me at the advantage. And that's what Taino Hinko is. So when you're trying to work more Taino Hinko, allow them to break that distance you have to do it in a way that they still are attacking you because if they're stopping, you increase the distance again, right? Remember, this is always the rules, right? So if they're slowing down, then you're increasing distance. If they're speeding up, you're you're using positioning, you know? So that's where the Taino Hinko comes in. So then in Giohaza, let them break that a little bit. And when they break that, make good Taino Hinko, you know, turn to the outside, eating me, whatever. And then watch how that will, again, destroy their balance a little more, right? So because they're still trying to get you, their balance is going to break down yet a little more. The kokyu is something you should be practicing all the time, constantly. Um, you should notice when you're getting carried away uh, in some kind of discussion with someone, when you're getting mad about stuff. And look, we all do. You know, I still get upset about stuff or worried or discombobulated or, you know, all kinds of things. But um, try to to practice getting on top of that as soon as possible, recognizing it in yourself and then not beating yourself up for it. Right. You know, so not going like, oh, I'm a piece of shit because i lost my temper. or right? You know, whatever. But <laughs> but that is the stuff you have to be doing. And so in, in Aikido practice, that's easy uh, in a lot of ways because it's facilitated for right, you. So you, Yeah. You should be able to be calm and, and train Aikido. If you can't, then that is where you need to start. Um, but then. You have to take that off the mat. And you have to do that, you know, anytime that's stressful, see if you can keep your Kokyu. And basically, you know, there's lots of ways to keep your Kokyu. You know, you could use uh, willpower, you could use. Uh, it- an easiness, a sense of ease, meaning that, you know, you're not building crap up in your head that it's like, oh, this is the most important thing ever. And if I fail, it's going to be horrible. You know, you can use, you know, kind of the idea of motion, which is like to be mellow with it and whatever happens, happens. And you roll with the punches. Um, there's lots of ways you can, you can set your mind so things don't bother you. And that's what you're trying to do. So you have good, uh, culture, good natural responsiveness.
1: There it is. Done. We're done. Well, actually, we're, we're at 40 minutes, 57 wow. seconds. So no, yeah, see we are, d- I love how that plays out.
2: There you go. Out. Well,
1: I hope that was helpful for people uh, just kinda to break that down. I think it's really interesting. I think about it a lot because I teach a basic class um, and you know, what are the things that people need to know um, as we're moving through and I feel like the, the students that I see in my class are, are way better now, earlier, at the things that we're trying to do, than I was at a, a similar time, um, because we're training different basics, right, you know, right. uh, or we're training the basics in a different way.
2: Could you give us a couple of those good ones? Good, what, what, like what? I, I this don't your know. tip of the day, mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, tip of the that's day, that's exactly. Um, what's a good basics drill that you that your students really seem to enjoy and seems to teach them what they need to know?
1: Well, so I do this thing at the end of class. uh, You put one person in the middle of the mat um, and the rest of – and you can't do it with a whole lot of people because it gets outrageous. But uh, if you have maybe like let's say six people, you put one person in the middle of the mat, you put the other people around uh, the mat, and uh, each of them gets a number, right? And they can be wherever they are on the mat. They're going to come in um, in numeric numbers. So number one will come in, number two, number three, blah, blah, blah. And the guy in the middle has to blend with the person coming in and set himself up so that he could blend with the, the next, next person. person coming in, and, like and so on and so forth. And so it trains you. T- it trains your tano hanko. It trains your mai. Uh, you know, and your uh, awase. It trains you to be aware of the rest of the, rest um, of the rest of the room because you, you obviously want to make the correct tano hanko to set you up, et cetera, so forth. And then you can just build that. So, you know, at the start, we give everyone a number. Everyone comes in one time. Uh, next time, everyone comes in multiple times. And at the end, we just do away with the numbers altogether. And just whoever comes in could come in. And then at that point, you've established essentially what would be like a multiple person geowaz. Yeah.
2: I like that because it, you start it being, it's a little contrived, but it's also a little bit lower stress. And it gives right. people yes. Yes. newbies who right. like, need that like a little bit of time to, to think about it to set it up to to breathe and what's yeah and what's and then awesome you about can bump it, it up
1: what's awesome about it is in those early stages if you make a mistake it's clear that right. you have made a mistake right right, right? and it's clear what you can't the, mask it with other shit yeah and it's clear what mistake you have made so you can easily go oh i made the wrong tono hanko and then move on from it and so the learning is is i, I think pretty good there so
2: I think that's a really that's good of example like. of your guys' style of drills where yeah. it's like easy thing, slightly harder version, you know, add one more element, add one more element, you know, and that yeah. seems to be the way to do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then, you know, if you, you structure it that way, A, it's safer. So, you know, as we approach live training in a lot of IQ schools – haven't done any of this as we approach live training you can't just turn people loose and say you know beat the fuck out of each other um because (laughs) a fight club yeah i mean you know like i've done that and, and you get injuries and people get smashed in the wall and you know it's bad so by by setting it up step by step like that what's awesome is they get used to playing the game and they play safer and better and their bodies get used to it and everything's just better that way to step up the intensity slowly yeah
1: all right, um, let's go ahead and do all of our Patreon stuff and that good uh, thing. Hopefully, the sound on this is wonderful, and you all will enjoy that. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, you
0: guys should uh, both have to listen to this podcast. Uh, for, you know, <laughs> I This is your homework because okay. I have to listen to it. But uh, uh, it's like, um, uh, you know, like there are things that when you're talking, you don't notice that you do um that when you hear it later you'll, you'll notice like, oh, that you do don't you know? do that yeah because it's like when when we're talking we're just talking man we're just going
1: mm-hmm. at it so so yeah, it's good so again we need to uh, actually have uh if and you know this is the 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 ultimate you got to have a producer who sits there yeah, and just adjusts constant. everything yeah
0: constantly and you know um yeah, but we but, don't have that. Nor uh, Nora, Nora it's a pro sound tech who who can do it. And you it know, works, like yeah. I uh, I allot myself uh, thirty five minutes to get through editing this, uh, which is is a lot, you know. And yeah. so I've, I I got to scan through that. So so uh, uh, you know, you only got so much time. Um,
2: that being said, thank you so said, much yes. for everyone. Hopefully, yeah, we're, we're moving towards a better way. Us. Yeah, and now hopefully it will be what you all have hoped it will be yes. <laughs> in terms of sound at least um oops um so let's go ahead and thank our Patry- patreon patrons um they are rob kitson john smith lenny Acuna, urbano jim sullivan matt riley warwick dean and grant templin thank you so much guys
0: awesome and i, I also want to well. give a shout out see if i can find it uh, real quick so uh, i'm using a phone and i'm an old man so Sometimes. Old man on the phone. Sometimes an old man on the phone <laughs> is no good, um, but I took a screenshot the other okay, day because I was good. really impressed
1: with.
2: Oh, I'm my interest is peaked. Oh yeah, should,
0: peaked. should 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 be peaked.
1: Screenshots all, um, always. Come on, I
2: always take screenshots. I love a screenshot. You, no, it's you never true. know when you might need them. Okay, so Kate, what
0: I Kate, wanted Kate to say, because I was really impressed with this. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say uh, thank you to Australia, because- The you, whole freaking uh, continent. Australia is our top country. No one listens to us more than Australians. That's there's right. there's 189 listens uh, And the United oh, yeah. States. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the United States, which is where we're from, by the way, people in the United States. Stepping uh, up. There's 155 listens, uh, and then the UK came in with 30. Okay. So uh, thank you, UK listeners, all, all 30 right. of you. Um, and then, uh, uh, thanks, Australia. And then also, not only is Australia top, but that's the top three cities also. So I'd like to give a shout out to Calwell. 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 To Perth and to Sydney. Right. Uh, so thank you guys for listening to us. We appreciate awesome. you yeah. Australians. Thank you guys.
1: Right on. Uh, yeah. And uh, Thank you, you for it. spending
2: yep. your time listening yep. to three weird Americans.
1: Talk about... A Japanese thing, right? <laughs> right
0: yeah, yeah, you so know, and, right. and 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 it's and beautiful. and bear with us, we're trying to make the sound better. Uh, hopefully, we're gonna get to a, a much more listenable product here, yes, pretty soon.
2: Season two, guys, yeah. is season gonna be
0: yeah.
1: oh, this yeah, this is, is this, this is, is episode is, we're one in, of season two. We're in season
2: you know, two. in TV shows where they're like, Oh, don't watch season one, right. it's like <laughs> yeah. the production value is yeah. horrible. Yeah. That's this That's is that this is us, yeah, season two. We've bumped up the production value, we've got produce, we've got funding now,
0: yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season one. I mean, I, I watch it because I like Buffy the Vampire right, Slayer, but, you know,
1: it's, it's not very It doesn't good. peak until season three. It's not very good. It's the same with Doctor Who. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, not very yeah. good. It's, it's had it's, like 90 it's the seasons with of that. same So, yes, <laughs> back in 1920 <laughs> when the first season was on, of course it wasn't very good. <laughs> okay. Okay, we've talked enough now. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>